0: Hey, dude! This dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. We have a Hey, all you pet stylists! You found the groom pod. Welcome to our virtual salon. My name is Susie, and I'm your host. I'm a mobile groomer from Seattle, Washington, and anyone who knows me will tell you, I love to talk, especially about my job. One of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show, Miss Barbara Bird. Hey Susie, how you doing today? What's up? Oh my goodness, Barbara, it is another fabulous day in the Northwest, but we have the heat wave arriving tomorrow, or maybe even later tonight. So we're all panicked here in the Northwest because we've been watching everybody else dealing with this weather situation, and we've been in the 70s, low 70s, pretty much the whole summer long. And uh, now we're going to get it at least with full fury for five days, and then we go back down to the summer that wasn't a summer.
1: (laughs) So what is extreme heat for you? 90,
0: low 90s low 90s but remember we have no air conditioning no air movers i know and your fucking roads melt and stuff like that yeah it when it's that hot it's gonna be brief though and 90 only seems hot because we've been in the 70s like we had we were 110 or 106 last year at this time you can do it five days piece of cake Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Welcome to episode three forty-four of the Groom Pod, recorded on July twenty-fourth, twenty twenty two, my parents' anniversary, in Snohomish, Washington, and Tucson, Arizona. This podcast is brought to you by our kind sponsors, Best Shot Show Season, Evolution Cheers, Groom More and Stasco. And remember, Stasco has two new products coming out the conditioning spray, and a new conditioner. And if you would like to tip your podcasters, you can go to our website, thegroompod.com, and hit the donation button and give us a one-time tip, or you can be among the Groom Pack and join us on Patreon. Okay, this week on The Groom Pod, we're going to talk about client challenges in hand stripping, salt in shampoo, and creating a conditioned emotional response. This week, what's new is brought to you by... Groomore Software. If you're looking for a software solution for your shop, mobile, or house call, Groomore is it. It has online booking and online forms and intake or matted dog forms, payment processing, reminders and wait lists, inventory, routing, calendar, and QuickBooks syncs, and most importantly, 24-hour service. And they've given us a great offer. You can switch over to Groom More and try it for two months at half off. Just put in the code GroomPod. The big announcement, Barbara, we have to talk about the webinar that's coming up. And that is Additives Exposed. Tell us what's going on.
1: Well, I am going to be
0: lifting the cloak of
1: secrecy off of additives in shampoos and conditioners. And additives are all those not the motor ingredients all those added ingredients that add flavor and drama and attention to a product and might even be productive kind of a thing or it might be just a imaginary benefit kind of a thing so we're going to kind of expose what's what about additives and really help to deepen your understanding of how
0: they function in our products. That sounds great. And it's going to be August 21st. Stay tuned on the GroomPod Facebook page for more information. We'll be releasing all the details here up on that page. And we will also be doing a video release to let everybody know what it's all about. Also, I just want to confess that I've been tardy at getting the podcast out. And everybody knows because I always confess my guilt on the Facebook page. But I have been really good for like six years at getting the podcast out every week on the same day. But then I started to take this behavior class and it's 32 hours of in-class study plus homework every week. And some of that homework has been you know, big projects and things like that. And so I only have a very short period of time left, and I'll be done with this class, and life will move on, and I'll get to use my certified master grooming behaviorist tag on the end of my name. And I'm glad I didn't print cards because I'm definitely going to put those letters after my name because I have freaking earned them. And it was another week of adventures in mobile grooming, Barbara. Every day is different when you're a mobile groomer. Sometimes you have to do mechanical stuff. Sometimes you have to soothe (laughs) aging clients. Sometimes, you know, you can't get any food or have to go to the bathroom and you have nowhere to go. It's just never, ever, ever the same. This week, I picked up a nail in my tow vehicle tire in my explorer tire.
1: Huh.
0: I found it when I stopped at the gas station. I saw the nail went, crap, it was a big roofer 's nail they 're not very deep, but they are really they have a big fat head on them and I could hear it when I went down the road tick 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 tick, and I got oh, the <laughs> I got the low air pressure monitor thingy on my dashboard so I pulled into the gas station and I filled it up and I went in and I bought a can of the dreaded fix a flat which yeah you're not supposed to do looking at my tires they were toast anyway there was no way they were gonna repair this tire and I was gonna have to buy new tires anyway so I figured I would have to get tires but I needed to get through my day because I obviously wasn't going to get into a tire place that day. But lo and behold, I did manage on my way home to get into a tire place, and I got lovely new tires on the back of my car in 40 minutes. It was fabulous. I mean, luck of the draw, they had nobody there. But I now have new tires on my trailer and new tires on my tow vehicle. Oh, good. Not so good. Now It has adjusted the way the trailer follows the car, and... At anything over 50 miles an hour, my trailer's whipping back there. <laughs> it's the water. Well, fuck that. <laughs> I know. So I went home yesterday, ah. pulled off my trailer hitch, and I went for a shorter trailer hitch. And I put it on, and it turns out I can go about 55 before the whiplash starts back there in the trailer. So I had to drive with my flashers on over on the side of the road when I was on the highway to get from place to place yesterday. And I got home now today, I don't have to go anywhere. I don't know, I think I might need a a longer drop, but I'm already running with the longest drop trailer hitch I can. I don't know. Maybe let some air out of my tires. I'm not sure what to do. It's so complicated. You think everything's going to be fine and then all of a sudden your trailer's doing donuts behind you. It's terrible. Whew, that's scary. Yeah. So, And yeah. I also had to videotape myself for my class. That was my midterm project, which I got an A on. I might surprise, you know. No surprise there. By the way. Yes, by the, Just <laughs> dropping that here. Just Dropping that. It's really fun to videotape yourself and then watch yourself grooming because you see all kinds of stuff. We used to do it when we used to take pictures of our grooms and you would see it. Well, video yourself grooming and you will see all kinds of weird stuff going on with the dog's face while you're looking at their feet. I mean, it's just enlightening. So I did do that. That was kind of fun. But that's really uh, my whole week was very basic. Just regular grooming, regular days other than my leaky tire. I did get the fix-a-flat to stop the leak so that I didn't have to stop again during the day to fill my tire. I was pretty happy about that. So that was worth the price of a can. Yeah, it was expensive. (laughs) Like everything. (laughs) How was your week? Hot. We have had
1: excessive heat warnings all week long. And my... Situation is that I don't really have much of the air conditioning. Ugh. So, back here in my studio, I have the giant swamp cooler that the groom pod bought me for the shop a couple of years ago, and I'm using it back here, but it's leaking water out the back.
0: Oh. And
1: so that's making for kind of like moldy carpet. <laughs> I bet that smells good. But what happens is that as we get to this monsoon period of time which happens in July when the dew point, the relative humidity, the dew point drops and the relative humidity climbs and then it makes it opportunistic for thunderstorms to happen. We have a high humidity and it makes the swamp cooling in my back room and at the shop just so ineffective. And we're just like, ugh, slogging through the day with heat and trying to drink enough water. And I wake up in the morning just swimming in my own juice. And you can only take off so many clothes. I sleep in my undies, you know, and and I still, I just wake up just soaking wet all over. And You can't tell if you
0: wet the bed or what happened. You know, like, (laughs) come on. And here I am complaining about our four days of hot weather. Yeah, like, so so shut up. (laughs) Yeah, I will. (laughs) Because, you know,
1: know, it's really concerning. And I'm I'm 82 years old. I'm one of those people that uh, needs to really take heat. You know, I have electrolyte powder that I'm adding to the water. And I'm trying to keep water in the refrigerator, not just out in my car. Because I'm not going to go out there half naked and get the water out of the car. Because sure enough, that would be when some asshole comes down the street and sees me. You know, I can't just, you know. So I sit there and lay there under fans in my one little room air conditioner that doesn't point in my direction in my living quarters, living room,
0: so to speak. Well, I feel for you. That sounds awful.
1: But, you know, we're survivalists, those of us who live in Tucson through the summertime. We've always been survivalists, and it's just getting more and more challenging every year. And I finally, on TV this morning, I heard a climate person who is the heat expert in Athens, Greece. She's the Grecian heat expert. She has stated that A community becomes more hot when they pull up vegetation and replace it with parking lots. And that's exactly what happened in Tucson, Arizona. They mowed down Paradise and built a mall and a parking lot. We have all these pavements and concrete buildings and very little vegetation. And it just simmers and um, heats everything up. It heats everything up, and even though I have a thick fabric cover on the steering wheel of my car, I go to get in my car and I can't can't hold the steering. Wheel. Yikes! It's really it's really bad, <laughs> and I and I have to take it so seriously, you know. And what it does to me is, it just like I'm just non functional. I just can't do anything except lay down in the coolest area of the house, put a wet rag on myself and uh, let fans blow to cover me. And, you know, and the dogs get around me. And we all kind of cool off that way. Although the dogs can get right where the air conditioning blows straight on them. And then they lie on the tile floor that I have and they cool off kind of that way.
0: Well, we don't have any air conditioning in we, I don't know who's in my pocket. I don't have air conditioning in my car either. So I'm driving down the oh, road Oh that's bad. Oh yeah. it's bad. Yeah, I have air conditioning in my car, so I can go for a ride and cool off that way. I have a hot generator behind my seat Ugh. and oh. no air conditioning. I'm gonna get that fixed though. I have to see what's going on there. Been a couple years. I went through last year's heat wave with no air conditioning in the car either.
1: Ugh. Yes.
0: I got an idea. Why don't we take a break and get on to the important subject of client challenges and hand stripping. How's that sound to you?
1: Hey, I'm ready for it.
0: Me too. Let me tell you about Best Shot's newest addition to the Ultramax Pro line. Ultramax Hair Hold is a flexible hairspray that can be layered on for a stronger hold. Ultramax Hair Hold spray is great, but my favorite new product is called the Max, and I won't groom without it. It's a fragrance-free, ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It reduces drying time and handles undercoat and tangles like magic. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor or learn more online at bestshotpet.com. Grooming success begins with Best Shot in your tub. Made from the best stuff on earth. Or at your table. ready groomers here comes our first appointment well you do a fair amount of hand stripping i don't do any hand stripping and you had well you had an adventure recently didn't you in hand stripping
1: i had a difficult day
0: yesterday
1: you know i have been grooming for 50 years and i have been hand stripping for probably 45 of those years. And it's just become more and more serious in the last 10 years. Uh, in maybe the last 15 years, I've been just kind of a serious community resource for hand-stripping carriers. And I, I feel like I know my shit. And I, I feel, feel like, like you know your shit, too. And I, <laughs> and I uh, you know, I like my results. I have good rapport with my customers. But hand-stripping demands a another whole level of communication and agreement between the pet owner and the groomer and the pet owner's wallet and the well the wallet is one of the big issues yeah because hand stripping costs a lot more and the reason it costs a lot more is because it takes a, a great amount of time to do it properly um even if you're fairly fast and get the hand motor going it's still going to take a lot more time than it would to be clipping and trimming those dogs and in order to survive you have to get a price that values your time and there's just a tension there for many customers, not all of them, because some of my terrier hand strip customers totally get it. They think it's totally worth it. Whatever I want to charge, they're going to cough it up. But I have this border terrier named Merlin that's just so hard to hand strip, and he's a good boy. So I have some dogs that are difficult to hand strip. In fact, I have Nikki, the Norwich Terrier, this week, who is only five years old, but he hates his hand stripping so much that I negotiated with the owners to do um, a hybrid grooming where I rake out the coat real good and then use a snap-on comb to style. And they actually loved my result. Now, they may not love the result four months from now when they really lose the color from the dog's coat, but we may be able to maintain some of that. It's a a crapshoot. You just never know what you're going to get when you start clipping and scissoring and using the snap line coats. But he looked real good going out the door, and they were very happy. And they also did not have any objection earlier in the week when I stripped their other younger uh, Norwich and charged them $150, which was like $25 more than I usually do. But, you know, I had to chimp it up because we spent like three, four hours on the dog. You, you, you can't just get $100 for that. So then the, here comes um, Saturday and Merlin comes in. Well, Merlin is a quarter terrier that has a, an extremely dense coat, and these people bring him in, and what they want is a full down-to-the-underwear strip all over, including the face and head. Well, we start stripping, and the coat's just not pulling out easily. In fact, it's hard to pull it out. And Yvonne uh, starts to complain to me. This isn't going well, Barbara. This is hard. It's not coming out easily. And, and I get on it and I spend 45 minutes and I had, you know, like a pancake size, barely a small pancake size area that I managed to strip. And so I grabbed my stripping knife and I just really went to town on it. And I started going out faster and more thoroughly. Well, he's not coming down to the undercoat because there's another layer of coat there that he's coming down to. That ordinarily would be a good thing. But no, they want that extreme difference between the full, fluffy, big coat and the underwear. And they want, well, can't you get this down shorter? (laughs) No, no. no. So what what happens, the the guy, the the husband came to pick up the dog and said, I've got to talk to you about Merlin. Bring And we put Merlin. I've got a special uh, pad on my counter where I can put a dog, and it's a non-slip pad. It's actually a pad where you drain dishes on it. Yeah. I have that on my front counter. It's nice and colorful. You put the dog up there, and then you're on one side of the counter. The customer's on the other side of the counter, and you can talk about the dog's coat and skin and stuff right there in front of him. So I tried to show him how... When I pulled out the hair, it was harder to pull out. And that if you look through the coat, it doesn't look like the coat is blown. When the coat blows, it's real light at the roots. Like the color so, of it? The color of it. Okay. Regardless, you know, like it's just different. It, it You know, it's, it's much lighter. It can be sort of a vanilla color on these black coats. And and it can be grayish on some black jackets. It's just as the coat is in the resting telogen phase and getting ready to shed, it loses pigment. I don't know why. It's an interesting mystery that has not been scientifically studied in. And we don't have any advanced knowledge of that, but it happens. I didn't know that. One one of the ways to tell that the coat is blowing is not only will it come out easily, but you can see that there's lightness and thinner hair at the skin. (laughs) Well, Merlin didn't have that. He was just like black down to the roots. So I, I tried to explain... That he wasn't blowing coat. And he says, Well, he's been extremely uncomfortable and he's been shedding. Well, he's probably shedding an undercoat. Why but do you think not, he has such a weird coat? Is it breeding? Is it just, it's, it's probably, well, I don't know. Huh. You know, I, I don't know, but what I, you know, what I, the conclusion that I came to kind of early in the day was that. They really needed to leave him another four to eight weeks before he was stripped. But unfortunately, his coat is so thick and so dense, he's uncomfortable in our excessive heat. That is a conundrum. And and that's what the owner says. Yes, but he's, you know, like, but he's thick and it's long and he's uncomfortable. And I said, I totally get it. Something had to be done. So I charged him. So so the dog came in at nine o'clock. The dog went home at at three o'clock. Yvonne had worked on him for an hour by herself. Yvonne and I had worked on him together for two hours. And then I had worked on him alone for another hour. Wow.
0: That's a long time. That's a
1: lot of time. And he wasn't done. I cheated. I cheated on the Chin and on the the neck where it doesn't show. I cheated on the muzzle because it was already white there, and it's so hard. They even wanted his muzzle hand stripped. I, I can't do that, you know. And I did his ears. I hand stripped out his ears, and the top of his head was just like what you would call show ready. It was just grown back from the last time, perfectly. And they want it stripped some more. So are they showing this dog? No, no. But this is a dog that the breeder used to hand strip herself. And I hate those situations. Susie, I can't tell you how much I hate that. Because these breeders just live With their terriers hand-stripping day in and day out in front of the TV while the washing machine is going, it's nothing to them. And they don't charge for their time. They minimize the charge. Like, oh, we used to pay her 60 bucks and you want 150. And she would do the whole thing. And I said, that's so unfair. Because you can't make a living. The guy was perfectly willing to pay me $150 for what I did yesterday and to bring the dog back in on Wednesday to pre-complete it. And then he said, I'll bring her in Wednesday, whatever time you say, and the total together with today will be 170 right? What? That's what he said. Wow. Okay. I said, what? He's got fuzzy math. He said, well, that's what my wife said she negotiated with you for a complete strip for him. 170, where do they get that? I never said that. You know, every single time this dog has come in, he's caused us to have a breakdown. Last time, Dave did him and Dave actually had a breakdown. I came in and he was just like, he had that dog loaded, with powder and chalk and ear powder. And he was just grabbing chunks of hair with his hands. He was just like so frustrated. and His hands were hurting him
0: and he he was almost in tears. So how can you avoid having the conflict with it? Like, what about a handout? Well,
1: that's what I've come to. Okay. You know, I go through an educational process with these people, And generally, I do fine. But sometimes in these situations where there's breeders that have been doing it for nothing, I run into problems. And then I also run into problems when the breeder has been doing it with my expertise being less accepted. Or valued. Or valued. Yeah. Then he says, well, I don't know how she was able to do it. Maybe she was just really aggressive and mean to him. And I said, well, that could be, but I don't know. You know, first of all, she was dealing with puppy coat, and now he's adult, neutered male, which might have something to do with it. And he totally lost the idea that the coat wasn't really ready to have this down-to-the-underwear stripping. First of all, there's no underwear. There's another layer of coat, short coat, which is more like a rolling coat. And the coat was so hard to remove. But when he said $170 for the whole thing, I almost cried. I literally grabbed my chest. How did you sort that out? My head was naughty. No, no, this can't be so. I said, you know, there's an hour or two more work to do on it. I just sort of muttered. Now, the good news, Susie, is that in my past, when I have been kind of hit with these moments of insufficiency and not being paid righteously, right. I tend to have a meltdown. And I either like say, I'm either getting my price or you do, or it's okay, it's for free. I want to either get my price or I'll give it away. So this is on me. You know, I've been known to do that. And then there was the cat flea lady that came back a week and a half after she moved and said, I didn't get rid of the fleas and the cats. And she'd taken all her furniture and bedding and everything with her. And the cats had fleas again. And I threw $80 at her. I threw (laughs) bills at her. And she, of course... Thank God that was before Facebook and Yelp and all of those things. And cell phones. (laughs) (laughs) Cell phones. You know, thank God. (laughs) I couldn't do anything more than a little word of mouth bad. But, uh, you know, like I lost it. And yesterday I just came to the brink of losing it and I didn't. Yay. And so, yay. Yes, I showed my emotion. Yes, I kind of choked up, but I did not lose it. And
0: he said, I'll have my wife call you. And I said, good. Do you still have the Wednesday appointment or will that be for a future date?
1: (laughs) No, I have the Wednesday appointment. He needs to be finished. You know, like, but they just got to understand he's not your easy. I mean, on a scale of one to 10, he's a 10 difficulty. And Border carriers are usually like a four.
0: Beginner starter dog for stripping.
1: Yeah, it's what I would recommend for a beginner, but not Merlin. I would not <laughs> re- recommend, uh-uh-uh, you know. And we had two wire waste baskets full of his hair. That seems like a lot. It was, which we, Yvonne showed him. I told her earlier in the day, she said, are we saving this hair? I said, well, we should, but you've got to know, this guy doesn't go by how much hair is in the basket. He goes by if the dog is down to the underwear from tip to tip. And he even sent me pictures <laughs> of the dog half-groomed so that you could see the underwear and then the full coat. Like you don't know the difference? <laughs> like I don't know Like, I don't know what you want. You've been The first time the talk was, and I charged $250 for the first room, and like $150 for the the second stage. And that's when they really lost it. And I've got to make a handout, and I've got to be willing to lose this customer. Sounds like it'd be better
0: for your mental health. Yeah. I I have to get off of the, I, I might fail. Yeah, let it go. He's the failure, not you.
1: He's the nice guy facade with the bitch interior.
0: You know what I mean? I know it well. I think we all have run into that.
1: Yeah, he's a nice guy on the outside, but he's a hard as nails. Little son of a bitch inside. <laughs> so I so now I have another writing assignment, god damn it. Yes you I do. Mean, you know, not only do I have to prepare for this webinar, but now I really need to put down something about hair growth. And people have to understand that when the coat isn't ready, the hair follicle is much deeper into the skin. That when it's ready, it's right at the surface, ready to just pop out. But when it's not ready, it's deeper in the skin, and it takes more strength to break the connection between the hair bulb and the follicle. So I've I've got to explain that in pet owner terms with a diagram and an idea
0: of how the cost is accumulated. Yeah, because you need to be hourly charged in that case.
1: So it can be difficulty in actually stripping the coat itself, or it can be difficulty in the dog's behavior that requires... A second. And the truth is, Yvonne and I often team up on these hand strippings. And if it's a squirmy dog, we have that really helps to have a person on either side. But you should be charging a shitload more for that. But that's two people, two hours. You're giving it away. (laughs) I'm giving it away. And yet I have this commitment to this form of grooming. So what do I do? I've got to try
0: to avoid these moments of lack of understanding. And the only way to do that is to have a handout. Yep. Put it in writing and send them home with it. And and
1: not only that, I can put it in my books by B. Bird and sell it for $10 to other groomers. There you go. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's take a break. Hey, Chris Bear Anthony here. You may know I've been swiveling for years now with my beloved Evolution shears, but I wasn't actually born with a pair of swivel shears in my hands. Check out our website and Facebook page for our library of how-to videos, or give me a shout for a personalized guide. Your hands will thank you. Don't forget, GroomPod listeners get $10 off and free shipping with the code GroomPod. What are you waiting for? Give them a try today. Rumors, take your seats. School is about to begin.
0: Why is there salt in my shampoo, Barbara? Oh, the old salt question. And does that dry out
1: the skin? Yeah, does it? Gee, good question. I need to distinguish between salt, sodium chloride, table salt, and A-salt. The category of chemicals that are called salt, of which sodium chloride is one. Magnesium sulfate, Epsom salts, is another salt. There's a lot of them, anything, and actually, sodium lauryl sulfate. If it ends in ATE, the last word in the chemical name ends in ATE, it's a salt. Or IDE, it's a salt. So a chemical salt is either created by the action of an acid on an alkali, or it's found in nature as a mineral, as in magnesium, sulfate, epsom salts, right? And sodium chloride is used in a small quantity. In a shampoo and an anionic or anionic, non-ionic blend shampoo to thicken this shampoo. It's a easy, inexpensive, known for generations way to thicken an ordinary shampoo. And it's natural. <laughs> Although we could wonder whether all sodium chloride is produced naturally or if it's produced in a laboratory. Nonetheless, it thickens the shampoo. How does it do that, Barbara? Oh, glad you asked. Yes, indeed. It's like you're reading my mind.
0: It changes the charge density of the micelles. Really? Science? You're saying it's science? It's chemistry. Okay, It's total chemistry, and it's so cool
1: because what the salt does is that it lowers the charge density or the intensity of the charge on the micelles so that they can clump together more. They can come together more, and then they change shape, so instead of the original spherical shape, they become intertwined wormy stringy shape they go into cone shaped and then into wormy shape and when they're wormy shaped they can really pack together oh that makes sense yeah and when the micelles are really packed together the stuff of which they are is (laughs) thicker
0: actually it's chemistry and it's geometry (laughs) yeah it's chemistry hey that's the thing about nature is that it's chemistry and
1: physics and geometry and all of that all together. That's what's so awesome about the world we live in. So anyway, getting back to salt and thickening, it takes less than 2% of salt in a mixture to thicken it. It doesn't take too much. It can even be just a pinch, depending kind of on a lot of factors to like the concentration of surfactants the other surfactants the temperature the you know the this the that and the overall chemistry of the stuff it can be just a pinch of salt and the truth is if they put too much salt in it the whole system crashes and it becomes a thin watery
0: liquid it seems to be a very much a balancing act in this stuff playing together and...
1: Well, it is a balancing act and yet formulators are fairly comfortable in using it and finding the salt curve and the exact amount of salt that they need to work with their favorite surfactants or surfactant mixtures. And then not all surfactants work with salt as a thickener. So when you get into the sulfate-free woo-woo kind of uh, glucoside types of uh, cleansing agents and you're avoiding all of the sulfates and all of that, then you have to come up with other thickeners like cellulose-based thickeners that uh, thicken by another means. And so the salt only works with like sulfates and sulfate combinations, So that's why you have salt in there. And the amount of salt that's in a shampoo is not enough to be a a drying thing. And you rinse the shampoo out. And so you rinse the salt off the dog's body.
0: And I've spent a lot of time in salt water. And I never felt like it really dried my skin out that much. I mean, you had salt crystals on your body. But I don't know. It seemed okay. And people soaked for days
1: in the salt spas, right? Yeah. And actually, salt is less irritating to the eyes than is soap or surfactants. People don't fear the salt. People don't fear the salt. Don't worry about a little salt in your shampoo. And just know that it's a thickening device that's natural and uh, chemically kind of manageable.
0: All right, another break for us, and we'll be back with a little bit of behavior class for you guys, because I'm going to get my money's worth.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Summer is the season where we are likely to find dried out coats. And show season has a special shampoo and conditioner called Honey Pet. Honey Pet Shampoo and Conditioner is made with Manuka honey as an additive and also almond oil. And it's excellent in hydrating the coat. It also smells real good. And it comes with a matching conditioner that contains the Manuka honey, the almond oil, the sunflower oil, triglycerides, and a little dash of dimethicone, which assists in combing and brushing the coat. You can find these and all the great Show Season products at showseasongrooming.com.
0: Let's see what's happening at the grooming table. I'd like to
1: add something about that dimethicone. Yeah. Because the little bit of dimethicone is not only a detangling agent, but it also seals the moisture into the... Skin and coat, so it prevents moisture loss. Uh, uh, what's called transepidermal moisture tool, T uh-huh. E W L, and so it prevents the. It, it just kind of seals stuff
0: in, so that the moisture stays uh, effective for a longer period of time. Cool, and it smells delightful, just like the shampoo. Oh, yeah, people love the the honey pet combination. I totally do myself. All right. So as you know, in case you didn't heard, in case you've been under a rock, I'm taking a behavior class from (laughs) Chrissy Neumeyer-Smith through Whole Pet Academy that is really in depth. And one of the most fun things I've learned about is creating a conditioned emotional response. And I didn't even realize that I was doing this all along because... I am driving a cookie dispenser. In case you didn't know, it's a cookie dispenser. So at least when I pull up and the dogs see me, they're like, ooh, cookies. And then they go, oh, crap, I remember the rest. But at least they're (laughs) there for a moment. They get a little bit of good feeling. So conditioned emotional response is part of classical conditioning, which is like one of the building blocks of dog training. And they also call it associative learning. And it involves the brain and the nervous system and the endocrine system, but it is reflexive. Like, it's not intentional. You don't have to think about it. It just kind of happens. But you can actually mold it to happen, good or bad. It can be either way. So, for instance, when you go to grab a leash... From your leash spot and your dog hears the jingle or sees you grab the leash he instantly thinks we're going for a walk oh boy and gets this flood of good feelings you know all deep because for years now you've grabbed the leash and it means you go for a walk and that's a great reward or when the clicker is clicked for people who use clicker training and that's the bridge between Clicker noise means something yummy is happening. So those are two examples of a conditioned emotional response in a positive way. But it can also be negative, like for instance, if you pull out the nail clippers and you see the dog's physicality change, like crap, here comes the nail trimmers. This is horrible. I hate this. Well, that's also a conditional response that's been kind of ingrained in a negative way. Another is when. Dogs are on an invisible fence and they hear the beep from the collar and they know that if they don't change direction that they're in for a shock if they go through that fence line. So that's negative conditioned response, Uh, a negative conditioned emotional response. So why is this good in grooming? Well, if you create this emotional response in the dogs, like for instance, when you first meet them and they come into your shop, or in my case, I go into the person's house and meet their dog, it's a treat party. And those treats are really high value because this is a perfect moment when I can be that person who has a controlled emotional response, a conditioned emotional response. We'll call it a CER. So I'll be a CER in a positive way. So the dog sees me or hears my name and thinks, I'm getting cookies, and I do that at the beginning of the groom, and especially when I'm meeting someone for the first time, so that is like ingrained. Instead of, oh, crap, here's the dog groomer, it's, oh, it's that lady that gives me cookies every time, or in some cases, a little playtime or attention or whatever it is that really gets the dog excited, uh, especially puppies. Yeah, that's really good. I'll also play hide-and-treat in the trailer. So when they come in the trailer for the first time, especially as a puppy, I'll put treats all over the place and stash them so that the dog can adventure around and be like, ooh, piece of liver, ooh, piece of cheese, ooh, piece of lunch meat. Good, high-value snacks. So that the association for the dog is grooming trailer means treat dispenser. And sure, other stuff happens in there, but that reactive, uh, un un Irrational, you know, un. what do I want to say? Uh, that reflexive action of the dog seeing the trailer and thinking cookies instead of seeing the dog trailer and thinking nail clippers, right? That's really handy. And it even goes so far as when people say, hey, Susie's coming tomorrow, the dogs are like, yeah, oh, boy, oh, boy, treats are coming. And I love it. And I didn't even know I was doing it until way Well, until like four months ago. (laughs) And, you know, the idea is to create warm and fuzzy feelings when they see you, when they see your vehicle, when they come to your shop and personal experience, it really does work. Do you have any experience like this that you can relate to? Well, I can relate to what you're saying completely and, uh, you know, like
1: one of the things that I do that you can relate to is that when there's a new dog, I go through the gate at the counter to the, into the waiting area and sit down and meet the dog that way. Instead of standing up and towering over them and picking them up and taking them into my part, I go into where they are with their people And give them, sit down and talk to them or not. Sometimes I just ignore them. And then the treats come out and, you know, we do a little bit of that. But, you know, like I kind of, uh, I create a social relationship with the dog before I take it back in to and become their groomer. I become their new friend first. And so that's part, that's kind of happening
0: That's totally happening. That's exactly it. And in in some of the busier shops, they just enter, you go to the receptionist, they talk to you, the dog disappears in back, and they never get to create that really nice, warm, and fuzzy feeling with the animal. Then the groomer gets it on the table, and you immediately start working on them. So the idea here is, especially with behavior cases, it's just to be their friend. You want to be their person. You want to be their person too. You may not be as close as the family, but you want them to be happy to see you. Now, I will admit that after I get there, and I always have cookies in my pocket, so I always smell like a walking treat. When I get there, I will give the dog a cookie. And then at some point in time, while I'm talking to the human, They'll remember what I'm there for, (laughs) maybe put themselves in their crate or hide behind mom a little bit, or maybe just distance themselves a bit. But at least that initial reaction, you know, is a positive one for the owner to see and for you and the dog to both experience. Same thing happens after the groom for me. I always give each dog three liver treats. I swear they can count. (laughs) I swear they watch me put them in my pocket. So I will go into the house. And they know that they get their treat once they're inside the door. Without even knowing it, I have trained every dog to step two steps inside the house and then turn around and look at me and think of how that makes the person feel. They're like, oh, my dog absolutely loves you. And I really, truly think they do. I mean, it's not just the treats, but it's a really nice way to leave, to depart. It's good feelings. It's a great emotional response. It's good for the people. It's good for the dog. And I encourage you guys take just a few minutes to set this up with the dogs you work at and they will all appreciate it. All right. That's it, it. Yeah. I, I want to second that it's good for the people. Yeah. You
1: have a unique situation being mobile when you go into the house. And, and so you go into the people's space in my situation, the people come into my space and I had a customer a couple of weeks ago and I did my thing is stepping into the waiting area, which is kind of their part of my space and meeting and greeting and talking to the dog and all of that. And she said um, when she picked the dog, up, she gave us a really good treat and she said, you know, you're the groomer I've been looking for. She said, I, I've been taking her to pet something, and uh, they never greeted my dog and greeted me in the way that you and Yvonne.
0: Yeah, I want that. That's what I want. That's what I want, too.
1: You know, like, so I said, yes, and I want you. I want the
0: customers for whom I can make the difference that know the difference I am. Yep, it's what makes your shop your shop and what makes you you. And I like to think it's what makes me me as well. Uh, yeah, it's a bribe. I'm perfectly bribable, and I'm willing to bribe. <laughs> I will go on both sides of that. If uh, somebody's really good to me, really regular client, and they just have an incident where they can't make their appointment, I will swap them with someone if it's a regular client no problem if it's somebody I don't even know and they're willing to pay me really well I am willing to swap an appointment but I will be full disclosure to the person who's moving their appointment I will say hey this guy's offered me an additional 50 bucks if you'll switch your appointment would you do that and they all are on my side and on my team and have this wonderful warm emotional response to me and they all say absolutely we want you to make that extra 50 bucks so you're right good for the people good for the pets for the good for the work environment. It's all good. Just take that time. Okay, that does it this week on the Group pod. Thanks for being here. Want to remind you all to join us on August 21st at the Additives Exposed webinar that we're going to do. It'll be through Zoom, and we're looking forward to interacting with you guys. We're keeping it small so that we can be personal and we can actually take questions on the spot because it's way more fun for both of us that way, isn't it? It is indeed cool. Happy grooming, everybody! See you next week on the Groom Pot. Bye bye now. Hey, see you later, groomers! And don't
1: forget the main thing to do while we're in the heat: it's hydrate, 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 and give your dogs water too.